What's up, everybody? This is the Shape by Music podcast by Jace. Man, listen, I am super happy to be here. I'm glad that you're here with me to enjoy these moments and enjoy these beautiful stories about how music shaped and influenced my life. In today's episode, we're going to talk about how the song Newness by Music Soul Child shaped the way I look at romance, the way that I operate in relationships, and the way I approach women to begin with. Well, approach because you feel me. Today, I'm going to give you a little backstory on my life and how I began my musical journey. All right. So just take a little ride with me. Tune in. Turn up. Let's go. So my musical upbringing wasn't really all that traditional. Um, I must say that my parents kept us in a very strict Christian military law enforcement style upbringing. All right. So our household was very much strict. As you can imagine, my mom was in the military and my father was in law enforcement. Um, when we lived in California, we grew up in the um, late 80s, early 90s, during that era where they had NWA, Ice-T, Too Short, um, you name it, they had it going on during that gangster rap era. And the cool thing about that is we were completely shielded from that entire era. So somehow, some way, my parents were able to keep me and my brothers um, away from the culture the, the shift in the culture that came about during that time. So, um, understandably, you know, it was for our benefit because we were what, three, four, five years old. You know, when you're a kid, you're a sponge. So best thing they could have done was shield us from that entire era of music. Uh, so we grew up in a household, man, where my mom, she blasted Whitney Houston, Mariah Carey, Janet Jackson, Gloria Estefan, um, Tremaine Hawkins, Kurt Franklin, Fred Hammond, BBCC Winans, we grew up on that kind of stuff on my mom's side. Now my dad, he was a little more, um, a little more old when it came to his music taste. You know what I'm saying? He wasn't really modernized at all, uh, with the exception of a few songs here and there. But my pops was really into like the Parliament Funkadelic era. He was big on Motown sound, still is to this very day. And um, you know, fortunately, man, I grew up thinking that stuff was actually new. I didn't know that stuff was old until I became of age. You know. 10, 11, 12 years old, I didn't realize that old school music per se was old school. I'm thinking they call it old school because it was just something cool to say. Go figure. But, you know, we grew up in this era where things around us were just negative. Not only in California, but East Coast, West Coast, you know, Midwest, whatever. Everything was kind of going awry. And um, during the late 80s, early 90s, you know, crack was still in, in charge. And unfortunately, a lot of families succumbed to those epidemics and um, the music as well, man, took a turn for the left. You know, at one point in time, it was Public Enemy, Fight the Power, and then it became the NWA era with F the Police. And, you know, I think honestly, man, my mom and dad shielded us for reasons of their own. My mom being so much because she didn't understand what was going on and she wanted to keep us away from that negative culture. My dad, he was a little more, well, I'll say a lot more biased because he was a police officer and he didn't want us to listen to NWA at all. He did allow us to listen to DJ Jazzy Jeff, The Fresh Prince, Criss Cross, um, MC Hammer, Vanilla Ice, you know, whatever was smooth, whatever was pretty much PG, we were allowed to listen to that. Um, so in my head, I'm thinking that these are the acts that are the only acts in hip hop. I didn't really know much about it. Like I said, I was young. I was like three, four, and five years old and just didn't know the understand. I just knew that I loved MC Hammer. That's just where I was with music at that time. You know, I knew that if my mom blasted certain music in the mornings, 
especially Saturday mornings, it meant get your butt up and clean up, right? Well, that's true for a lot of households, right? So when we ended up moving back to the East Coast in 93, um, we lived in the South. We lived in Charlotte, North Carolina. And, you know, what's true about most Southern homes um, is that it is extremely biblical in those in those households. So we did grow up listening to a lot of gospel. Um, we ended up joining a church. They're very heavy on music. So they have, you know, the choirs, they have um, the deacons who sing, they have, you know, the bands. And I mean, not just any old drummer, bassist, nothing like that. I'm talking about full-fledged brass bands with, I mean, 20-piece trombone sets. I mean, you got sousaphones, baritone horns. It changed the way I listened to music because I was right there on the front pew with the other kids and the band was set up in front of me. So my only idea was to, since I didn't really care for church, was to actually listen to the music. I didn't really care for the choirs as much. I didn't really care for the preaching. I'm, mind you, I'm five years old. So the one thing that did intrigue me was the band. Down the line, my grandmother got me and my older brother involved with our church band and we joined their children's band, which they called it the junior band. And um, I learned how to play my trombone at that point and you know, took a little break from it because my mom, she stopped going to church as much. So I saw her getting into a mode where she wanted to kind of find herself and be more of an individual versus doing things because your family does it or because your mom told you to do it or whatever. So I'm not sure if that's even her reasoning, but I do know that I saw a shift. So I would say from like maybe 97 to 98, my mom's music choice became a little bit more lenient. I saw her going from listening to predominantly... Um, Yolanda Adams to listen to Erica Baidu, go from Tremaine Hawkins to Jane Jackson Velvet Rope. And it wasn't like it was a dramatic shift, but it was shocking because we were told growing up not to listen to certain things. Now, granted, they shielded us from a lot of the hip hop culture. However, we did watch shows like The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. We did watch Martin, Living Single. New York Undercover, those shows in particular that are very hip-hop centric. So being that we were shielded from the culture itself, it wasn't like a, a true shield because we saw things. We were able to watch things as a family. Strangely, I didn't put two and two together until I got older, but those shows were definitely hip-hop centric, especially like Living Single. I didn't even know Queen Latifah was a rapper until after the show was over and I got into rap. So as time went on, my mom began to get a lot more lenient. Like she started listening to rap herself. And it surprised me because I wasn't expecting this. This came left field. Mind you, we were not allowed to watch um, the Wayans Brothers, those kind of shows. Jamie Foxx at one point because they were overtly hip hop. So now she started to watch those shows. We're starting to get into new things. Um, and my mom is listening to different music now. So there was one point in time, my mom, she would, she eventually got a CD book. And in all her CD books, you know, she had certain CDs that I loved and I cherished as well. And I enjoy listening to all kinds of things. So from R&B to jazz to Latin music and then even as far as hip hop. If she wasn't listening to certain albums. I would ask her, hey, mom, since you don't have that in your CD player in your car, can I borrow this album just for overnight? You know, and I'll give it back to you tomorrow. And she'll say, cool, son, you got it. There was a particular album that came out um, in... 2000 and I believe two, and at that point I am in the eighth grade, transition to ninth grade, and um, 
man, it was it was like it was right on time because you know I'm 14 years old and starting to come into myself through puberty and starting to understand that women are becoming way more attractive than they used to be. I remember being attracted to a young lady, man, and wanting to come at her correctly, but not knowing how to say the right things or what to say. And, you know, strangely, you know, I never learned how to speak to a woman or how to approach a woman, how to talk to women, you know, from any male in my, my, my life. Now it's not a, a knock towards them. It's just, that's just something we weren't taught. You know, we were taught in a way indirectly how not to treat people, how not to lose your relationship, your marriage, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so what I did, I was desperate. I wanted to learn how to love and how to be this lovey-dovey man. So I turned to music and movies and, you know, I'm going to keep it real with you. A lot of these movies taught me how to love a woman, how to treat a woman. It may sound corny, it may sound cliche, but I learned from... I'm just going to list them out because, you know, it's the truth. I learned from Brown Sugar. I learned from Love and Basketball. I learned from Love Jones. I learned from Inkwell, um, The Wood, The Brothers, Delivers from Eva, Two Can Play a Game. These are all terrible examples of what love is supposed to be. But I try to craft, I try to take away all the good things from every character and make it into one good person. And all the negative things I just ignored. You know what I'm saying? Um, man, Breaking All the Rules, uh, Delivers from Eva. There's a bunch of black movies that I took away from. I tried to concoct what would be my new personality, my new persona, my new belief system. And that's how I got through with that part. Um, aside from movies, um, I went to the music side to get a little bit more you know, reinforcement with my values, my newly found values. And one of the albums that changed my entire life was Music Soul Child's Just Listen album. Just Listen is Music Soul Child's second album. Um, and I promise you, I didn't really want to hear it at first, but mom, when she first bought it, I saw the album cover. It looked stupid. I'm like, oh, this is about to be a corny thing. I like music. You know, he had a couple good songs before that album came out, you know, Just Friends. It was a cute record, you know what I'm saying? But I'm like, okay, I'm trying to be more than just friends with these women. So let me see what this man talking about. I hope he ain't no friendship tip because I ain't trying to be no friend. I'm trying to be your boyfriend. I'm trying to be your lover. I'm trying to be your man. You know what I'm saying? Mind you, I'm in ninth grade. I ain't know no better. So my mom bought the album and she put it in her car. She played it in her car. And the first song hit, and it wasn't even a song, it was an intro. Um, I guess this guy is like, y'all come gather around. And there's some kind of like musical cypher, I guess. And um, I'm just imagining them in the musical cypher beatboxing. And then it, it transitions to the next song. And it's called Newness. N-E-W-N-E-S-S. And... The beat, first of all, came in. It was like, this is smooth. Okay, this is smooth. Mind you, it's 2002. And this very day, 2023, it still holds up. That that intro is crazy. Anyway, so I'm going to read the lyrics to you all. I'm not going to sing because I can't sing like that. But I'm going to read the lyrics and I want you to follow along with me. And I'm going to break down how this song truly influenced the way I think, the way I, I maneuvered the way I approach women, the way I, I wanted to treat them, 
And the way I want to just, you know, alter my mindset to better, to be better equipped for that kind of thing. So this, these are the lyrics to newness. All right. It's music soul child talking to a woman. All right. And he's basically introducing himself to her, trying to, you know, play the, the 21 questions game and see where she is in life, where, where her mind is on and where she's going, where she's thinking about how she's maneuvering. He's just trying to figure out how she operates in her own life and how they can complement each other and see where they can go from there. 21 questions, classic, classic game. All right. So these are his questions, basically. Hey, girl, how you doing? She responds, hey, what's up? Now, mind you, she's playing the ad lib part. All right. So when you listen to the song, you'll hear her like layered above him, just responding, call and response. Hey, girl, how you doing? Hey, what's up? Do you feel like talking or do you need me to call you back? She says, nah, nah, it's cool. He asked, you from around the way and when's your birthday and what's your zodiac sign? She says, I'm an Aries. What's yours? He says in response, well, I'm a Virgo. So my sign's compatible. She says, yeah. He responds, we gonna get along just fine. She says, I hope so. He asked, he then asked, what do you do for fun? Because I don't drink or club. She said, hmm, me neither. He responds and says, I just like to chill with somebody like you. And then he goes into the chorus. Everything is cool when love is all brand new. And it says, because you're learning me and I'm learning you. Okay, let's let's stop real fast. Hey girl, how you doing? Do you feel like talking? Or do you need me to call you back? You from round with wind. When's your birthday? What's your zodiac sign? Well, I'm a Virgo, so my sign's compatible. We gon' get along just fine. Yeah. What you do for fun, cause I don't drink a club, but I just like to chill with somebody like you, yeah, it's cool, yeah, and love is all right cause you're learning me, and I'm learning you, yeah. Everything is cool when love is all brand new, because you're learning me, and I'm learning you. That first verse in the beginning of the chorus it shifted the way I approached women you know when you're young you were a young horny little 14 year old 15 year old kid the first thing you're trying to do is touch a little booty I knew that I wanted to be different I knew that I had some friends you know what I'm saying that they were experienced sexually I was a virgin at the time so I knew that I wanted to like you know based on my belief system I was going to wait until I was married. Didn't happen. But I knew I wanted to wait and save up somebody special. So I knew that I was looking for something a little deeper than anything physical. I, I At most, I wanted to grab a booty. But I knew that I really wanted to have a long-lasting relationship. My dream was to have a high school sweetheart situation and then go off, go to college get married, have kids together, and then cultivate something that was long-lasting. 
doesn't happen that way for everybody, but that was my idea at the time. So when I decided that it was important for me to approach women differently, I just didn't know how to, but I knew deep down inside, I really desired to. So that song, that first verse, going back to it, he asked some very key questions that didn't indicate that he wanted anything physical. He just tried to get to understand who you are and how compatible you can be for his relationship or for the relationship itself. So he said, hey girl, how you doing? Do you feel like talking or do you need me to call you back? First and foremost, that taught me, yo, be considerate. Are you available? Do you feel like talking? Should I call you another time when you're less busy or you're, you're more available? That taught me consideration. I'm like, oh man, that's the cheat code. Be considerate out the gate. All right. Then he goes and say, hey, I'm interested in you, Shadi. So um, are you from around the way? When's your birthday? What's your Zodiac sign? Now, I'm not familiar with Zodiac anything. I know I'll be seeing people on Twitter talking about Aries moon, rising beach, sunset. I don't know. Whatever you're talking about is above and beyond me. But I do know that he was interested enough to say, yo, what's your Zodiac? Because, you know, whatever compatibility I'm looking for, I'm hoping that you match up. You know what I'm saying? So that's another thing. Attention to detail, attention to compatibility. In his mind, he wants to be compatible with this woman. So he goes on to say, yo, I'm a Virgo. Our sounds are compatible. We're going to get along just fine. Preconceived notion that everything's going to be good. Everything's going to be cool because they're compatible, right? And he said, what do you do for fun? So he's asking her, what exactly do you do in your spare time? What's your idea of fun? Because if it's, you know, if we on the same page, we're going to be all right. You feel me? And he said he don't drink a club, which is pretty cool. You know what I'm saying? It ain't got to be, you. it don't make you lame that you don't do certain things. You know what I'm saying? And he just want to see if we on the same page. And apparently she says me neither. I don't drink, I don't club. So not saying anything's wrong with that. It's just they found, he found from the beginning that, okay, we on the same page initially. We can, we can rock and roll. And then it goes into the chorus. Everything is cool when love is all brand new because you're learning me and I'm learning you. It's cool when love is all brand new because you're learning me and I'm learning you. They repeated the chorus twice. It's super dope. Listen to the song. Second verse goes, what type of work do you do? Or are you still in school? Or do you have any kids? And she says, she asked in response, and if I did, what? I can listen to the song. You can hear her rolling her neck and like, and if I did, what? Asking about the kid part. You know what I'm saying? He asked, or do you have any kids? And she says, and if I did, what? He responds, and this is so clever. This is this is the cheat code, y'all. He says, now if you did, it's all right. See, I'm the type that don't mind because I can understand that things happen sometimes. That lets me know. When he recorded this and whenever the, whoever wrote this song, when they wrote it, it was about in the perspective of a young person, somebody who probably, I guess, by old school standards, shouldn't have a kid um, at that point. But they might have a kid. And he's saying, if you had a child or have a child, I'm good because things happen. I ain't tripping about, you know, whatever situation he proceeds to ask on the next part. By the way, I'm wondering, are you cool with your family? Because I would like to meet your parents someday. When I was 14 and 15, 
I was already thinking about, are you cool with your family? Because I would like to meet your parents someday. Your mama, your daddy, whoever it is, your granny, your auntie, whoever you stay with. I want to meet them. I want to be trustworthy. I want them to know that when you're with me, you're in good hands. And that's what he was conveying. He he values family. He values meeting family. Are you really in it because you really want to be in it? Or are you in it because you want something physical? You want something out of it? There's something that you try and get from them. You're being manipulative. He is truly letting her know, this is where my head is. This is what I'm trying to do. I want to build with you. But in order to do that, I want to meet your people. You feel me? At 14, I was like, oh, he's spitting bars. I didn't see it as him singing. And by the way, Music Soul Child is a genius. He is an unsung musical hero in my life, and, and he should be in everybody's top 20, in my opinion. It ain't the reality, but I believe that song. I believe this man has, I believe he transcended the genre more than he gets credit for. Because this man sings, and nine times out of ten, he ain't rhyming. He's telling a story. He's painting a picture. He's not worried about words rhyming. And that's that's genius because you're singing it. So you're tricking us thinking that you're you're doing something rhyme-wise, but no, you are just telling a story. You're painting a picture using your vocals, using your abilities. He did not rhyme at all except on the chorus. And it's, it's just compelling to me because that amount of wisdom in those few short bars, these, these are life lessons, y'all. He says, by the way, I'm wondering, are you cool with your family? Because I'd like to meet your parents someday. Let's hang out this weekend. Maybe we can begin something wonderful and beautiful because everything is cool. When love is all brand new. Because you're learning me and I'm learning you. It's cool when love is all brand new because you're learning me and I'm learning you. On a bridge, he says, girl, you're so nice and you're so fine. Plus you're real and that's what I like. Man, listen. He already gave you the, you know, the, oh man, I'm trying to get to know you. Like I want to get to know who you are within. And then he goes and say, but you are fine. Let me, let's keep it real. Let's keep it funky. You fine. You feel me? Let's not negate that. Let me tell you about how fine you are. And that's clever because you already sold her on who you are in terms of your mentality and where you want to bring things and take things. It's just the icing on the cake and the cherry on top when you say, by the way, if I didn't tell you already, Charlie, you fine. You feel me? And that's when you actually not only say it, but when you live that mentality, when you live that that way of thinking, when you live like that, you can't do anything but win when you're truly unselfish and courting somebody or trying to get to know somebody, you know, you can be hurt. You know what I'm saying? You could be all jacked up and off of that delivery alone, this wonderful rubric, it could definitely take you some places because you're being genuine, coming from a genuine place. You know what I'm saying? You're not doing it to get anything other than love build something special, build something real. That's incredible, man. That song, I took those lyrics and I studied them for a couple of days. I listened to that song on repeat and it just, it kept on 
reminded me. It was like a reminder. Hey, when you approach such and such, be sure to be genuine. Be sure to be forthcoming. You know, and in my mind, all I could do was be genuine and forthcoming. I didn't I didn't want anything but a long lasting relationship in ninth grade. Go figure. Um, but when you're young, you're thinking that everything matters. You're thinking that all the relationships you get into matter and that at some point in time, you got to do, you know, what's best for you, um, and build something solid early on. And some people do. I was in eighth grade and there's this couple, um, J and A, so I'll say they, um, they started dating in eighth grade and they married to this very day. We were out of eighth grade in 2002. So they've been together 21 years, yo. Crazy. Still together. He's so vulnerable in every song on this album. And I can imagine every song on every album. But on this one in particular, I was, I was specifically touched because it's my coming of age years. You know what I'm saying? I'm growing into my man mentality. You know, these transitions, man. And it was a very pivotal time that I didn't have these resources from relatives of my family. Although my father was in the house, um, I didn't get that from him. So I had to get it from somewhere. I had to learn that, you know, from somewhere. My older brother, he was occupied with his life. You know what I'm saying? And I didn't want to interrupt him like, yo, man, how do you? He had a pretty decent relationship when he was in high school and he was, you know, in love. But I, I didn't witness anything other than him saying he was in love. My biggest thing was breaking whatever it was in my family that kept people from staying married. I wanted to break things, um, curses, whatever you want to call it. Um, I wanted to show the world that somebody can get love right, you know, and this was the, the foundation for that. I 100% credit um, Music Soul Child's album, Just Listen, for influencing my life and directing me in the way of wanting to love somebody and be loved, you know. Now, big disclaimer, I didn't necessarily follow that same mentality as I got older. There were things that occurred that I was out here, you know, wilding out. I ain't gonna hold you. Wilding out big time for a couple years. You know what I'm saying? I had an era, all right? So I'm not gonna sit here and be like, I'm no saint. I know there's people who may be watching this now who know. But I will say, man, learning this, instilling this in my, my life when I was younger, it sowed a seed that eventually sprouted and became a plant, became a flower, became, you know, a whole crop. And now I'm, I'm filled with this mentality. I'm married now and I love my wife. The way I approached her was very, very similar to Nudis. She says I interviewed her. I let her come on and tell her story when she comes on the podcast. But I truly believe in love. And because of this album, it reinforced my beliefs before I even knew what love really was or loving a woman, you know, or a counterpart was. And um, I'm super grateful for this experience. I'm just grateful that Music Soul Child, bro, you did it with this one. Like, I wish more people talked about this album, especially this song, because it is transformative. If you're in a situation, if you're in a, if you're in a situation or an environment where love isn't celebrated, like I was, um, man, these things can really take hold of you and change things. I was writing letters to, you know, these young ladies in high school and, you know, 
I was coming off as poetic, but I was being sincere. And it's because I got people like Music Soul Child in my ear, you know, that was teaching me and grooming me to love somebody the right way. You know what I'm saying? Versus my environment, which showed me that if you want a marriage to fail or you want something to fail, don't work on it. You know what I'm saying? So getting that other side of things was very refreshing. It gave me hope. It gave me courage. And um, man, it, be, it made me the man that I am today. For real, for real. So that's the episode, y'all. That's my introductory episode. Thank you for hitting me up. Thank you for watching the podcast. I greatly appreciate your time. Um, this is just episode one to give you a base of what it's going to be going forward. You know, so I'm grateful. Hit the like button. Subscribe. Man, please do me a favor. You ain't got to say nothing. You ain't got to do nothing. But leave a review. Give it a thumbs up or something. You know what I'm saying? On these podcast platforms. Let them know, hey, episode one, it was rocking. We was rocking. You feel me? And I want you to understand, this is going to be a long-lasting relationship that we're building here, okay? This is going to be a very long-lasting relationship. I want you to know that my intention with this podcast it's to help you see how music has been transformative, not only in my life, but in your life as well. So after every episode or during episodes, pause it, stop it and say, yo, what song resonates with me? Or does this particular episode, this particular song, does it resonate with me? Is it something that I feel? What did this song make me feel when I first heard it? How do I feel when I hear it now? Or, the, or a whole album? Was there something pivotal that happened? Something that you want to timestamp and say, yo, this is, I heard this when I was going through this, or this influenced my decision to do this. This changed my life for this reason. That's what music has done for me. And I come from a very, very, very unique place in music where I had to play catch up because I didn't grow up listening to what y'all listened to. I didn't grow up listening to, you know, the Bad Boy, Death Row, SWVs. Jodeci's. I didn't grow up listening to that at all. So having to play catch up in my adolescent years was very challenging, but I'm grateful for that upbringing that I did have. And it gave me a wider spectrum on how beautiful music is outside of R&B and hip hop only. You feel me? So the podcast, y'all, is what it is. Shaped by music. I hope that you enjoyed the first episode and, you know, tag, hit your people up, man. Tell them, yo, Run that back, boy. Run that back. Next episode's going to be incredible. I have an incredible, incredible surprise for you. So we got some surprise segments that we're starting on next week. I'm really excited to bring you along the ride. And it's going to be monumental. It's going to be transformative. You may shed some tears. You may laugh some serious laughs because I got some stories for you, all right? Some legitimate stories. And, um, man, it's going to be a, a wild, incredible, decent dope journey all right thank you for your time y'all you are now listening to shape by music podcast i'm your host jason they call me jace and um man this, this has been love i'm grateful y'all <laughs>